0: Ladies and gents, welcome to this episode. I am so thrilled. We've got Andrea Davis here, who is the founder of Better Screen Time. So really, that sort of says it all, doesn't it? It does exactly what it says on the tin. Andrea has a BA in secondary education. However, her greatest learning has come from being in the tech trenches as a stay-at-home mum. Now she lives in the beautiful Hood River in Oregon with her husband Tyler and her five wonderful children. So, mm-hmm. Andrea, my love, thank you so much for joining us. Um I was saying just earlier to you in our um in our sort of you know preamble is that I am coming from a place of learning here. So I I I please excuse me sort of asking maybe some silly questions because my kids are now 25 and 27 and whilst they know all about tech it was well and truly sort of you know entrenched um, when when they were you know sort of situated when they were growing up they didn't actually have social media barraging them, the, the, this yeah. you know, this sort of stuff that's going on. So I don't have that sort of that experience of my kids not knowing any different. So mm-hmm. forgive me. But before we even dive into that, can I just ask you to, in your own words, explain who you are and, and sort of how you got to be doing this so so everyone can sort of learn a bit more about you?
1: Yes. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me, Kai. I'm excited to be here. So yes, as you said, my name is Andrea Davis, and my husband and five kids, we live in Oregon. And several years ago, well, I think actually better screen time started when my oldest was around two. So around that time, when we were just starting out this parenthood journey, my husband was working on his PhD at Purdue in mechanical engineering. And we were just surrounded with really amazing people. So really high caliber people. And one of my friends was very well-read. She loved books and loved to read. And one day I just asked her, and I love to read too, but she took it to a whole new level. And I just said, what did your parents do to create this love of reading in you and help you just develop this passion for, for books? And she said, well, we didn't have a TV growing up. And I was so curious. I just thought, interesting. That's fascinating. And so as we we had a small TV that someone had given us and we had cable and we would sit down and there really wasn't anything that I was interested in watching or that I really wanted my daughter to be watching, And I just told Tyler, I'm like, let's try an experiment. Let's just put the TV in the closet and just keep it there.
0: (laughs) It's such a brave move.
1: (laughs) I know. Now that I think about it. But my husband is not really into sports. And so it was totally possible. And he was like, sure. So we just canceled the cable and we put a TV in the closet. And here we are, you know, 13 years later. And it's always been that way. So we actually, interestingly, ha- we had a house fire last summer, and we lost the used TV that we had that was in the pantry. And we haven't even, you know, repurchased a TV, but we have like a, a screen and a projector. But really, when people ask me how did better screen time start, and I, I think back to that moment and that decision. I'm like, that's really when it started. And of course, we had a desktop and we got DVDs from the library. And you know, it wasn't that my kids never watched anything. We, we got our TV out for Olympics and for family movie night and those kinds of things. But I think the point I'm trying to share here is just that I think we can be intentional and begin with the end in mind. That's an idea f- from Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, Seven habits of highly effective Absolutely. people. So when we are looking at technology we can we can do that. we can begin with the end in mind. So my goal was to raise readers and now I can tell you 15 years later that that worked really really well. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's what everyone has to do, but that's really how it started. And then fast forward, just three about three years ago, our oldest was turning 12. And we had kind of a traumatic move. We moved from the Midwest out to Oregon. It was an unexpected move. My husband took a new job. We moved here on New Year's Eve. It was right in the middle of the worst winter they'd had in 30 years. That's what the locals all said. So there was tons of snow. And we moved to a very expensive location. And so we we didn't even have a place to live yet. We were just living in temporary housing. And at that time we handed over a an abandoned smartphone to our 12-year-old because I did not know a single person in this town yeah. and I was really worried about her not knowing where to get off the bus and you know where to go and what to do and so it just seemed practical like here here's a fo- phone that we already have you know use it to call us if you need to and I also knew that my kids had left friends behind and that was also really difficult. And so I thought, well, this is a great way for them to be able to keep in touch. Well, it didn't take long for me to realize that that was too much too soon. Before we, I knew it, there were all kinds of apps on the phone, social media apps, all kinds of things that I really wasn't in tune with, I wasn't aware of. And I could start to see really that childhood slip away from my daughter and even at age 12, you know, they're they're still kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just at a loss. I thought, what what have I done? And I think there wasn't really anyone out there helping parents to know how to navigate all of this. And I, I started looking a lot online, Kai. Like I was really looking for solutions and I started talking to parents. And most of what I could find was really fear based. So it was kind of all the scary parts the part that I had just encountered very mildly, like we didn't have anything really catastrophic happen. But I was so filled with fear that I started parenting from that place of fear when it came to technology. And that wasn't helpful either. So I thought, where is the balance? Because I can't parent from a place of fear and I can't parent from a place of ignorance what do I need to do? And I realized, okay, I need to start mentoring my kids and not just monitor them. And we need to take this really slow. And I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And so I started better screen time.
0: Whoa. So that is, it's just how, how that has evolved is, is sort of fascinating because I sort of, the very fact that, you know, just realizing that our kids, even at 12, really don't have the emotional capacity to deal with what they see. Because I think a lot of kids sort of say to us, I'm just talking to my friends or I'm going to miss out on everything. And yet Mm -hmm. what we see also is we see, as you said, their childhood slipping away, but we we see the pitfalls and we see the, the red flags. I mean, I remember... I was doing a history project with my son, and he must have been about eight or nine, and it was all about King Henry VIII and his wives. So I mm-hmm. typed that in to to Google, and the porn sites that I got back were just horrific. And oh, wow. and and he was sort of sitting there, and you know, sort of. I just we we sort of had this sort of you know the, the, this big sort of family desktop so I couldn't even slam this sort of, the laptop oh, down yeah and it was just oh my word now I realize if we're not careful how dangerous this arena is it's also great isn't it it's yeah it also opens yeah. doors but it's it's sort of we are forewarned I think we know what's out there whereas our kids don't really see it as such a big deal
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's I realized I'm like, oh boy, this is my job as a parent to keep my kids safe because my kids don't know that this is a problem. Yeah. And if we don't safeguard our kids, no one will. I mean, that's it's not in the interest of big tech companies to keep our kids safe. It's not really in anyone else's interest. The porn industry is huge. They're making so much money, it's leading to child sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's so much out there that is way too much for our kids to navigate alone.
0: So, wind back, and I get the putting the TV in the closet is a great way, not always a realistic way for many pa- families to sort of, no. you know. So, how do we manage or guide or restrict what, you know, whatever, delete where applicable. How do we guide our kids through this when we know that it, it is an issue and they can't really see the big deal or more to the point are, are really against and, and, you know, so they, they are resentful of our restrictions in air quotes. How do we manage that?
1: Yeah. So, so again, I, Putting the TV in the closet is pretty extreme. And I I never really recommend that to people. I'm never saying, oh, this is what you should do. Just my experience. But the main idea there is that we can be intentional with our tech use and really craft a vision with our family of what we want our family to be. Not only right now, but in like five to 10 years, what do we want those relationships to look like? And if those relationships are, you know, if we're so tied to technology right now, we're not going to have those relationships that we want even in five to 10 years. And so I knew, you know, when this all happened, I knew that I needed to sit down with my kids and create some rules. And so I talked to Tyler and we kind of came up with some base rules together. And then as we did that, I sat, I sat everybody down and my kids just looked at me and were kind of shrugging their shoulders and <laughs> they're really uncomfortable and like, oh, mom's just lost it really. Mom's <laughs> out of control because they really couldn't see what the big deal was. And so I thought, okay, new strategy. What's that going to be? And you may have heard of the, the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Yes. But he has, yeah, he has a Ted talk about that. And, you know, really it's geared toward business leaders, but I realized that as parents, we are leaders. And if we can see ourselves in that role rather than just like managing, I think we can inspire our kids a lot more and help. So we need to help them start with why. And so I thought, okay, new approach. We're going to take Simon Sinek's approach. We're going to start with why, so that the kids actually understand the importance of using technology wisely. And so we just started with a discussion about like a thumbs up and a thumbs down discussion, talking about using technology as a tool. And so we had a big whiteboard and put a, you know, a line down the middle, thumbs up on one side, thumbs down on the other. And I said, okay, you guys, what are all the things that you love about technology? And, you know, that of course they've had lots of ideas. And so we listed all of those up on the thumbs up. And I said, okay, guys, what do we need to watch out for? And so on the thumbs down list, you know, and they know our kids know what we need to watch out for. They just need an opportunity to engage in this kind of conversation and really think about it. And, you know, as you make your list, you know, you can ask your kids, well, why is that a problem? And and they'll know. And if, if they don't, you know, that's a great teaching opportunity to say, well, you know, this isn't pornography is not a good idea. This is why, or we need to watch out for cyberbullying. This is why we need to be careful about Friending people that we don't know or sharing personal information, you know, so many of these different topics. And so in that initial discussion, we didn't even talk about rules. It was just, let's throw it all out here. And then the kids aren't feeling like, oh, mom and dad are just forcing stuff. And then our next discussion was actually creating that family tech plan. And so, you know, as you're talking about recommendations for other families, And your family tech plan likely does not include putting the TV in the closet, (laughs) but it might include like maybe limiting the number of devices that you have in your home. Maybe there's a few extra old devices that are lying around that end up getting picked up here and there that really you could possibly eliminate and just minimize the number of devices and simplify And another thing that's that's really helpful, you know, as you're creating a tech plan, you can assign specific tasks to your tech. And what I mean by that is, for example, we had actually gotten an iPad around that same time when we moved again to keep in touch with friends to Facetime. And again, pretty soon I realized, okay, this is like getting a little out of control. Everybody wants games and this kind of thing, and I'm like, that was never my intention. (laughs) And so we really and you know, this is much easier now than it used to be just because so Apple now has screen time and Google has something called Google family link. And so through both Android and Apple devices, you have that ability to turn off the app store, to eliminate certain apps, to control, you know, limits on apps and those kinds of things. And so with the iPad, I mean, to a lot of people, this might seem super boring, but we use our iPad for piano music. I have my piano right here behind me and we lost all of our piano music in the fire. And so that's been really nice for my kids to be able to sit down at the piano and be able to pull up some music you know, to, to use that for. I also do allow them, we're still, we're doing online distance learning here in Oregon. And so connecting with friends is still really important. So I allow them to FaceTime a friend and then we will take it in the car to watch a movie, like when we go do a ten or twelve hour car drive to go see grandparents, I let them watch a couple of movies, and but no one ever gets to use it on their own by themselves. Oh, um, wow. So for me, like the screen is, it should mostly be a shared experience unless someone is creating. So if they're writing or they're, you know, my kids actually like to write music, they're writing music or. Um, you know, or they're communicating. So we kind of differentiate between are we communicating and or creating or like connecting with people. Those are good uses of technology or are we consuming and consuming sometimes is okay. You know, if we were watching a family movie night together or, or we're maybe we're watching, we've asked mom if we can watch a YouTube video about how to learn how to do something, but we're really limiting that consumption And so that is also just a good conversation to have with your kids. And we actually put all of these discussions that we had with our kids in a discussion guide. And I just ordered my proof from Amazon yesterday. So I'm very excited that it will be available on September 30th.
0: Oh my month.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, So I, you know, and so really we did, we just kind of sat down and look, took 20 minutes and did 10 discussions with our kids about everything from just like social media, video games, cyberbullying, pornography, pornography, using our time wisely. I think that's also super important because we might have kids who aren't necessarily like they're, they're just going to be good kids and they're not necessarily drawn to the, all the filth that's on the internet, but maybe they just, waste time on a device. And it's, I think that that's also an important piece is there's an opportunity cost for our kids where they're giving up skills and things that they could be learning. And I actually really, anytime I run into like college age youth, I will always ask them, what rules did your parents have about tech? And how did that go? I'm always quizzing them. They're always so good to just be patient and, and tell me. But I i you will know, never forget seeing, sitting across from my own kitchen table with a young man that was about 20. And he said, I wish my parents would have had more rules. He said, I wasted so much time. Yeah. And I think at that point, he was sitting by peers who had spent that time developing their talents and doing other things. And there he was. And he was like, I don't, I will never get that time back. And so yet rules feel restrictive, but really you're giving your kids so much. And especially if you create those rules with your kids through these discussions, then there's some, some buy-in there.
0: Exactly. I mean, the fact that, can I just ask you that discussion guide, is that available for us on Amazon on the 30th of September? Is that yes. that you said? Brilliant. Yes. So you'll provide me with the link with that and I can sort of pop it in the show notes. Yes. Brilliant. Okay, because that because that that I know will be gold dust to many parents. The, the, but the very fact that you are let me just sort of backtrack. When when you were talking about um having the thumbs up and the thumbs down um whiteboard, I mean that is genius in that, because we all know that once kids are invited to give their input, once they're sort of asked for their opinion, it I mean, it, not only does it strengthen relationships and blah, 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 and, you know, they feel valued, but actually mm-hmm. when we do that, they they have that buy-in to where the decisions are going, don't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I knew that from being a teacher, like I had taught junior high, I had taught college, and that was always my teaching philosophy was I asked lots of questions and there was lots of discussion because I think that's how people learn best rather than lecture. And, but for whatever reason, I had not transferred that philosophy into how I was parenting. And for whatever reason in my mind, parenting was like, here's the rule, here's what we're going to do. And of course, when you sit down with your kids, you're going to have some, some ideas in your head of where you want things to go. But you know, listening and learning from your kids is such an essential part of this.
0: Now, that sounds brilliant, which it is, when you're sort of at the start of the journey. But what do you do, Andrea, when you've got, let's say, two teenagers, one 14 and one 16, and yeah, your rules have been fairly lax because you're, you know, because we've been of parenting from fear, because we're parenting from ignorance, because we are, God, you know what, anything from a, for a quiet life because we, we can't <laughs> be bothered with the arguments. How do we backtrack and actually go, right, okay, it's all change, all change, we're going to have a different policy here, because that's got to be a hard one. Surely that's going to be greeted with resistance and negativity from our little angels.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. So when we started these discussions, our oldest was 13, I believe. Yeah. So she was a teenager. And we, you know, to finish the rest of that story with the smartphone, we actually went back to a brick phone. So just like a basic phone that was not a smartphone. And there were lots of tears. And it was really, really hard. Now, here in the US at least, there is a smartphone that's available that has no internet access. And so I share that with parents all the time. And it's called Gab Wireless. And that's what we now use for our middle schoolers. And it's great, but I know it's not available worldwide. And so, you know, I recommend if you can simplify in any way. If it's, if it's creating problems for your teens, as far as especially their health, and that's where I recommend you start, is like looking at their sleep habits, their eating, you know, how are they doing in school? Are they able to get up for school and, and take care of their homework? Like, are those basic things happening? Yeah. And if those are not, then it's time to get some help. And if your teenager is not willing to work with you, so I think options are always good and we can present those options and, you know, just having a heart to heart conversation with our teen and saying, Hey, I've noticed that you're up until two o'clock or, you know, on your phone, or, you know, we've decided that we're putting the devices in the charging station at 10. And I noticed you're not doing that and you're losing sleep and that's affecting your schoolwork and it's affecting your relationships. So what would you, you know, what do you suggest? Like, what's your plan? And I think, (laughs) yeah, Uh, at least throwing it out there and like, you know, what do you think?
0: because i I speak to lots of kids, and they oh, they don't get it, and my friends are up, and all my friends are up until you know sort of midnight and later, and my mum says I have to sort of stop at ten and it's <laughs> that it it is automatically greeted with eye rolling and door slamming, and you're so unfair, you hate me, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's really hard for parents to do that backtracking in that trying to get back that sense of I use the word control, but I don't mean it like that, but sense of internet safety. I, I, you know, it's just, it's just hard to try and educate your kids when they, I mean, we have all this sort of, well, they need to speak to their friends. But it's, 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 it also goes deeper than that. Doesn't it, Andrea? It's all about sort of hormones and dopamine and that hit that, you know, that that they get. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and it's never easy to take the reins on this, but you'll never regret it. And I think too, when I had to make the switch back, we made the switch back to this brick phone. I actually went in and talked to the middle school principal. I was at because his youngest, he's the father of four and his youngest was the same age as my oldest. Right. And I said, Kate, tell me how you do cell phones. What what do you do? And he said that d- he doesn't have one. And I was like, really? You know, this was, what was it? Eighth grade. And I said, do you not get any pushback for that? And he said, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, okay, because <laughs> this was my oldest, right? And I thought, I, how do I navigate this? And I realized that a little bit of pushback is sometimes okay. And that you know, we are the parents, we have to be able to stand our ground. But what I also always tell parents is to, if things are just completely off track, I always recommend start with the relationship first. Yeah, got you. Even if um, they're up all hours on a device, and, and they're not listening to you, and they're doing the slamming the door and the shrugging of the shoulders, what can you do to find some one-on-one time with your teenager and start there? Not even talking about technology, not even talking about rules, nothing of that sort. And, and we, I actually you have know, gone through this process with my own teenager and I, I put it together in a course called Untangling Teens in Tech. And what is unique about... About it is that it's a relationship first approach. So I really help parents first to get their own tech habits in place and then start on that relationship with their teenager before they're really trying to change anything. Because if we don't have that relationship in place first, we're not going to get anywhere. Like our it's just gonna go in one ear and out the other. But I really think with some quality time spent together, um, pushing yourself to do things that might be out of your comfort zone. Like I made a list with my teenager and I said, okay, what are things that you love to do and what are some things you'd like to do together? And I made my own list and we kind of compared, and there were some things that were the same and some things that were different, but it can be as simple as just going on a bike ride or a walk together and really listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I really think that's where it starts is with that relationship.
0: And which sounds lovely, um, and and th- th- that's sort of one of the things I say. But that's going to be hard if, like yourself, you have five kids, and mm-hmm. you know your own job and your own business. But you know, is it is it a sort of a matter of right? I need to spend twenty minutes a day with my child or each child, or is it well? Do you know what? You can just do sort of one sort of thing at the weekend, and and does it have to be one-to-one or can it be as a family? How how do you sort of recommend that to start sort of building up that sort of relationship again?
1: Yeah, I think it will t- be different for every family. But as you said, we're a family of seven. And so for us, we have to schedule that time. Mm-hmm. And we just, we started that when our kids were really little. So even my youngest is six and she knows that she gets a date with mom or dad, you know, a couple of times a month. Yeah. And you know, if I can, I try to get some quality time and at least once a week, you know, and at least some conversation every day <clears throat> with my teenager. So I think scheduling it is is really helpful. If you are a super busy family or you have multiple kids, you know, if there's a couple of kids, yeah. then maybe there's just a daily routine. And, and I also recommend trying to find a screen-free daily ritual that you might do, you know, with your teenager, with your child. And that's the opportunity to just talk and to listen. Yeah. I think scheduling it is, is crucial, especially with how busy families are nowadays. That's the only thing that's worked for us.
0: So do you have rules like, um, because clearly with your TV in the closet or, you know, that that's sort of, you know, what one um, sort of aspect, but do you have rules like um, no screens at the table or no screens upstairs or switching screens off at seven, eight, nine, ten at night? Do you have all those sort of, I don't like calling them rules. Let's say boundaries.
1: Yes. Yep. That's the exact word that I like to use as boundaries. So we do. When we created this family tech plan together, we let all of the kids share their input. So what kinds of rules or boundaries would they like to see? And then we added ours. And so yes, like no devices at the dinner table. And we actually went as far to not take any devices into bedrooms or bathrooms, which had not been a hardcore boundary before. And honestly, I was the worst one with it. And so that's another benefit of creating a family tech plan together is that it helps us as parents to be accountable as well. And so what, for me, what the issue was is that I was working for other people. I worked from home for like three different people and companies. And so quite often I would take my laptop into the bedroom even like 11 o'clock at night right. trying to meet a deadline to get something done. And I realized that one, I wasn't setting a good example for my, my kids and for when they would have devices of their own. And two, it was really interfering with my sleep. It was interfering with my relationship with my husband. And my room was no longer a sanctuary for me. And so I, 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 let's see. So that's been what three years ago. And I, I don't, I don't take my device into bedrooms or bathrooms. And so now that I have a teenager who has her own device, that is a very solid boundary in our family. and, And she knows that. And if that gets, you know, if they cross that boundary, she knows she won't have a phone yeah. for quite some time. And then we have a charging station in our office, and so that's where our phones go at night around nine. Sometimes it's ten, but ten's kind of the hard boundary. Got you. And the phones go there, and that's where they they sleep at night. So yeah,
0: and once I guess once it's sort of you've you've formed that habit, um, it, it sort of becomes. I, I guess of, part of the, you know, the routine or if you want to call it family values or whatever, it, it's just, it's, it becomes a, as you say, a hard stop and non-negotiable then, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, whatever perhaps family rules or rituals you have, for example, like we often take our shoes off when we come into mm-hmm. the house. And so for me, it's kind of like that. That's yeah. just where the phone goes. But I realized that You know, if you have older teens and this hasn't been a habit all this time, it is going to be hard to harder to switch to that habit. But it's not impossible, and it's it's so worth it. And I always recommend too, if you've got older kids, well, and really any age of kids, not to try to implement too many changes at once. Baby steps, I guess. Baby steps. Yeah. So pick Pick your pick your yeah, and pick your battles and. I, I heard this quote once by Dr. Dimitri Christakis. He is over the pediatric unit in um, Seattle, one of the hospitals in Seattle. But he said, you know, pick your battles wisely and win them. And yeah, so, sure. yes, right. So like, is this, I think that this is one that's worth fighting for because there's so much at stake mm. when it comes to our kids and technology. And so, yeah, p- just be, pick your biggest pain point when it comes to technology and see what, you know, how can you work together with your teenagers to make some changes?
0: Mm-hmm. So share me, share with me your thoughts. Um, I I have a lot of parents who are saying to me, I just don't trust my child. They're lying to me. I need to know what they're up to. And I need to know their passwords so I can use their phone and see what, see their messages and find out who they're speaking to and what they're up to. What's your view on that level of policing?
1: Yeah, so I think that we should always be involved in our kids' online world and it should always look very open and there should be a lot of communication <laughs> so my teenager knows that i can look at her phone at any time and but more often than not i'm i'm never just going and picking up her phone and just like sneakily looking yeah. at it Got you. I'm inviting her. Hey, let's sit down together. And I just want to look through your direct messages and I want to look through your texts and just see if there's anything that, you know, I, I, should be aware of. And she just knows that that's part of the routine. That's part of having a phone. And at some point in a couple of years, she'll be out of the house and that will be, you know, she'll be on her own. But right now I'm, I'm guiding her and I try to see it as an opportunity to guide and teach and not to to spy right. and to speculate, right. okay, right. So and I think that that's the difference.
0: I, I think, and you're quite right because I think once, once um, our teenagers sort of look at the the secrecy aspect of it and and find that oh my gosh, my mum was you know looking at my phone without my permission. I guess that's where the trust erodes even further, doesn't it? And so it,
1: yeah, oh yeah, and our kid they're not going to trust us if we're just trying to find stuff and they, they're not aware. And, you know, I think that it just starts with that communication at the beginning. Like this is, I need to know, cause it's my job as a parent to keep you safe. And the other thing I tell my teenager is that, do you realize if anything were to go wrong here, there's a good chance that either your school would know, the police would know, or Google's going to know. So if any of these people can, or the cell phone company, if any of these people can access this information, text chats, whatever it is, I need to be the first one to know, to be aware that that's there. So if all of those other people can eventually, if something goes wrong, access that, then of course, as a parent, we need to, to be aware of that. Yeah. But again, not in a way to try to spy or, or catch something, but, you know, looking for perhaps red flags and thinking about, okay, we need to have a conversation about, you know, what we do when a friend brings up this topic and perhaps it doesn't line up with our family's values. You know, what, what do we do in this situation? And so we can see it as an opportunity to teach our kids instead
0: yeah cuz i think the thing is is and it's going back to what you said right at the very beginning is that many of us are parenting from fear because this is not a world that we understand um it's right. not i mean my my childhood was um you know sort of as far as tech was not even tech was sort of sitting on the hall stairs with a with a phone with the longest lead you could so i was just <laughs> you know and sitting on there for hours and hours um i yes. you know i i remember when as as my kids were born we still had dial up modems for goodness sake so i i it's not something that sort of maybe people of my age and you know so sort of just that it's all new to them and i'm actually i i sort of got into tech quite quickly I, I had a job in it so i i feel comfortable around it but there are many parents who don't know what they're doing and are coming from a place of and i say this kindly coming from a place of ignorance so how do we learn about all this though how do we learn that it it is actually a you know a, a great Sort of opportunity for us to have information at our fingertips, but also it, it sort of is a millstone around many necks. How how do you sort of help parents who are still coming from that point of fear? Yes,
1: yeah, so I always send them to some of my favorite resources. So, um, and and just to clarify, so my job at Better Screen Time, you know, I always tell people I'm here to help you worry less and connect more with your kids. So really I'm helping those parents who are already aware that there is a problem and I'm helping them either try to remedy it or prevent it. Right. But there are people out there who are doing a fabulous job at raising awareness about this problem. Uh, One of them is Colin Karchner. He has a a group called save the kids or website called save the kids. He, most of his, Um, speaking opportunities are here in in the US, but he has a TED talk and you can look that up. It's really well done. And there's a great TED talk by a man named Adam Alter called Why Screens Make Us Less Happy. It's so well done. Adam wrote a book called Irresistible, and it's really about how screens are addicting and, you know, how it does spike dopamine I really, I highly recommend his book, Irresistible. Um, If you've got video gamers, there's a book called Glow Kids. That's really good. And um, Protect Young Minds and Protect Young Eyes. Those are both people that I work with, you know, and recommend. They talk a lot about pornography and about online safety and do an incredible job. So there are some amazing people out there who are really raising awareness. Thank you. There is yeah. another website called fight the new drug. And that is all about raising awareness about pornography. And I really like it because it's not religious based or they're not talking about, you know, this in, in a, a way where they're talking about, I guess, morals. It's really scientific based. Like this is what pornography actually does to your brain this is, you know, how it can affect relationships. This is how it can lead to um, sex trafficking, and how the the two are very interrelated and connected. And so they they actually have a few documentaries that I've watched with my teenager. Cool. And, yeah. um, you know, I know that that's affecting more teen girls than than it used to. The pornography industry is really targeting teenage girls now too. So it's not just a boy problem. So you now I, I have four girls and one boy, you know, I feel like I need to talk to my girls just yeah. as much as my boys about Absolutely. about this.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. I will put all those resources in the show notes because that is, you know, that's crucial, but also your own resource, which is um, Untangling um, Teens in Tech. Tell me a little bit about your course.
1: Yes. So I, start with the parents. So I help you get some of your tech habits in place first and share, you know, just like I shared with you, some of the changes that I've made and the, the benefits that I've seen in my life. And then we start on the, your relationship with your teenager. And so how can you schedule in that one-on-one time? Oh, yeah. And we talk about learning your teen's love language and just kind of diving into that relationship first And then I help walk you through, like, should you monitor? Should you not monitor? Um, I help you work with your teen to help your teen identify his or her personal values. And we actually create a pledge together with our teen in the course rather than using a cell phone contract. And so um, my background is in teaching. I taught mostly teenagers, And then I stayed home with my kids. But during that time, I worked as a youth volunteer for teenagers. And now I have teenagers of my own. And so through all of that, I just learned that really creating a long list of rules and handing it over to a teen to sign <laughs> is an an automatic invitation to just put a wedge in their relationship. Yeah, yeah, good luck. And with that they <laughs> they will sign that paper just so you'll <laughs> hand over the phone. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it. There's a better way. I think that cell phone contracts are outdated. I think that they were for a different era. They were like for when the flip phone got started. But you know, for me. I think the thing that's really going to get our teenagers through is for them to identify their own personal values. We actually use a checklist from Brene Brown. They gave us permission to use that, but just to identify your personal values. Brilliant. And then how do you want to live those values online and offline? And I think that's what's going to help our kids when they decide, you know, they're looking at something, they decide whether to click or whether to make that comment. They're thinking that through. Instead of just thinking, well, mom wrote that on that long contract but I wasn't <laughs> supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll show her, or yeah. or whatever, or she'll never know. But I think if you know, and if our kids, if our teenagers can't sit down and have these conversations and create a pledge, then they're not ready for a yeah. cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah that's it, it's that's just really what it comes down to. That it's a huge responsibility, and so they've got to be mature enough to have these conversations. And, and it's, it's, it's
0: teaching them all about self-regulation, isn't it really? And yeah and having the responsibility. Because as you say, if we start blurting the rules, yada yada yada, it just I mean the, the shutters go down and, and it's just you you you're talking to a brick wall really, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have
1: a whole section Called like help. I'm a tangled mess already. So I have like people, you know, parents that are like, is this going to help me? Is this all just preventative? Or if things are already messy, can this help me? And so we have a whole section on like where to start and how, you know, how to work through this bit by bit and it's always about it always comes back to the relationship yeah and that's what i felt like was missing i'm like let's mentor our kids not just monitor them yeah and so that's really the message in the course untangling teens in tech
0: yeah Mm um yeah so so tell because i at the time I, i i think it's 10th of september that we're actually recording this and um For many schools in the UK, it's their sort of first full week back at school. Um, Whether or not they remain at school, we don't know because of coronavirus. And um, I know many um, sort of kids in in the US and Canada are doing the virtual learning anyway. So how do we, you know, we we, we have always sort of up until now, excuse me, said that um, you know, sort of technology is the big bad wolf. And suddenly we are putting so much reliance on it for our children's um, education. So we are sort of encouraging them now. No, 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 you've, okay, well, forget what I did say, but now you need to go online more because you need to learn. And so we are exposing them to more screen time. But how do we keep that balance where actually they want the, the the sort of screen time where they're talking to their mates, doing social media and having the fun bits? And we're sort of saying, yeah, but you've got to sort of, you know, use it for education. How do we maintain that balance?
1: Well, I think if we have that conversation with our kids about the difference between connecting with people and actually creating and and learning and that difference between that and just consuming, there really is a difference. And so people asked me at the beginning of the the pandemic and quarantine, like I just saw so many headlines like, Oh, parents screen time rules have gone out the window. And I'm like, why? Like if, if we were always, when we are using a screen, if our intention was always to use that for a purpose, which is when we're doing school, to learn, to communicate, to connect, to create that that's fine, you know, and, and obviously there still has to be limits do mostly for our health, you know, and for our, our, you know, physical activity and those kinds of things. And it can be really exhausting (laughs) to be on a screen too much. And I think, you know, our, our teachers and administrators are really trying to find, you know, find a good balance there, but I think we still, those boundaries are still in place. And then for us, like that consuming is still in our home, always been limited. And so that just didn't change with the quarantine. So yes, the kids were on screens more, but they they were on them with an the intention of connecting, creating and, and really learning. And so that purpose didn't ever change. And so I think, um, it's not just about, you know, time spent on a screen. It's really like, what are we doing on the screen? Yeah, fair enough. And, and then that self-awareness comes into play too, where we've talked to our kids. Like if you're just starting to feel really irritable or moody or just like, ah, you know, then it's time to step away. Even if you're, you're doing schoolwork, you know, you can walk around or, you know, take some kind of a break. So, I mean, Obviously, the best mode of learning is with a real teacher (laughs) face-to-face. And that's, I mean, I will say that till the day I die. Like I just, you cannot replace a good teacher. And, you know, I teach online courses. And so there's great value in being able to access any kind of information you want at any time, anywhere to improve your life. But at the same time, you know, especially for our kids that the opportunity to step into a classroom with a real teacher face to face, you know nothing can replace that and so i'm i really I'm hopeful that our schools and teachers will and i I think they will they'll see that, and I just want to make sure we keep tech in its proper place, yeah, even once we go back to school yeah and I actually our local school district had me create a like a workshop for the teachers just kind of talking about keeping that balance. Brilliant. And so that really is, it is important, but at the same time, you know, we can use screens intentionally as well.
0: Yeah. Cause that, that sort of, um, totally negates or, or answers my so one of the questions I had is how much time is too much and actually that's not really the question I should be a- asking really is it and it's not really the question that parents should be asking how many hours is your child allowed online it's what is your child doing whilst they are online and is it intentional and is it productive and is it serving them really isn't it that's that's what we should yeah. be asking Exactly. And is
1: it what's the opportunity cost there? So, are they spending hours consuming online and it's taking them away from practicing violin or playing with friends face to face or whatever that might be? And so, and a lot of times there is an opportunity cost. So, we do limit screen time in our home. And, but you know, we've made those decisions together. And my younger kids get very little, very little screen time. I'm just, I'm like, get out the Play-Doh, um, go jump on the trampoline. And my older kids a little bit more as they're still, as we are doing the online distance learning here yeah. and they're trying to connect with their peers. But again, they know there, there are limits and it it's just, you know, how it is because I'm trying to help keep them healthy and balanced and we've had a lot of conversations about just being self-aware. And I just know that their brains aren't quite capable yet to make those decisions on their own. And so since I know that brain science, then I can know that as a parent, I need to help make those decisions with them. So,
0: and not only are you helping your kids, but you are helping thousands of other families as well. And for that, I thank you because this is, um it, it's a minefield for many parents and for you to lift the lid and to give us so generously all your resources today thank you so much um because it is it's i think it as we keep saying when it, when we're parenting from fear it's, it it can be an unknown place but to to parent from from the heart really and with a bit of knowledge it it makes such a difference so yes yeah so thank, thank you, you so much, thank you. This is', this is absolutely You're so wonderful. welcome and um, I shall pop not only the resources you gave but also the your course um, and your um, your sort of discussion guide i 'll put those links as well in in the show notes for people because I know that this is going to be gold for many, many parents so
1: yes, and if people don 't want to wait for the discussion guide, we do have a quick guide on our website and I can send you that link if they just want to get started on those first two discussions Cool. so doing the thumbs up thumbs down and creating a a family tech plan like they can nail that in a couple of evenings you know two evenings at the most with their kids and I will send you the link to that as well
0: that is ideal my love thank you so much Andrea that's absolutely brilliant I really appreciate that
1: you're so welcome thank you
0: thank you Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favor, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.